Radio Chili Effect is sponsored by WallStreetWindow.com and listeners like you. And now, and now most, the most underrated voice in all, in all media, Chuck O'Chelly. July 25, 2023, allegedly, according to that thing we call a calendar. And this is indeed the show you were looking for. How do I know that? Because you're hearing me say this. Anyway, it's Tuesday, Tuesday. It should be the second broadcast day of the week here at Ocelli.com. But quite frankly, uh, yesterday when I got done producing Chris Graves, uh, I had so many obligations that there was no way for me to broadcast last night. So. That happened, but we're live tonight, and if you're hearing us on the live stream uh, in real time and all that good stuff, you know I went to air 10 minutes late. What the hell? I was going to be five or seven minutes late, but then I had to talk to my guest tonight, who is not really like a, a, a guest. And why do I say that? Because he's, he's my friend. You know, I, I, I produced his show briefly. Uh, I, I advocated for him to get on other networks. Uh, I've worked with him frequently. We've done special broadcasts, special Patreon stuff together, uh, uh, covering things like, you know, really important issues like South Park and uh, things like that in the past. But great analyst, guy I really appreciate, of course, Porkins himself, Pierce Redman. And uh, I was thinking the other day about how it is you and I first encountered each other <laughs> when you were uh, uh, working with somebody whose name I'm not even going to mention here. Was uh, that the, was that where we first met? Yeah, there was a there was a lady out there trying to build a news organization, and um, yeah, and and she was throwing uh, a lot of interesting ideas at me, like maybe she was going to bring me into that little organization, mm. and because uh, I was just so unconventional and this and that and besides, but anyway. That's not the important part of the story because I just kind of took to you. I was like, this guy is uh, is a little different, you know. Not not as he just, you know, from the Northeast. And I always have a soft spot for anybody who's living in the Northeast because, damn, I miss Jersey and I also miss New York. Um, I miss Jersey more than I miss New York, but I, I'm seriously homesick anymore, especially the past year uh, sitting here in Macon, Georgia. But uh, it's not just that; it's just that a uh, really cool guy just sort of emerged, popped up on my show and was a guy that I could get along with uh, easily. I didn't always agree, but I could get along with no matter what. We didn't fight with each other. There wasn't any sniping. There wasn't any of the eventual uh, alt-media people turning on each other uh, BS. None of that happened. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, Pierce Redman, I've been happy to work with you now for, geez, it seems like a great many years. Might be about uh, seven or so off and on. I think so, yeah. yeah. Off and on for sure. But anyway, you, you haven't been super active lately. No, but, uh, still haven't been. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know, you know, look, life gets in the way. And besides, there's something called burnout eventually. And I'm going to drag you through some news today, even though, really, that's probably the thing that's most responsible for putting you off of doing <laughs> your shows. Because news and the craziness just got to be too much. Although, I do have to mention a couple of quick drive-by sort of things with you real fast. See if you have any sort of views on it. We do finally, you know, the question I've asked over the years many times, where have all the serial killers gone? Because, you know, in 1983, I remember, or maybe it was 1985, somewhere in the mid-80s, I know, youngin, might have been before your time and all, but Time Magazine, <laughs> Pierce a little younger than me, Time Magazine uh, put out this article saying something like there were potentially 5,000 people that were killed by serial killers in America in that particular year. It seemed to be an epidemic 
of sorts. Uh, in the 80s, in the 70s, in oh, the 90s stopped it. Now, that was an oddity, but near, near your neck of the woods. Not quite your neck of the woods, but Long Island, you know, much like uh, the people that are on that Jersey Shore ridiculous show. Once again, they're rebooting it. Uh, and so, you know, hey, it's every Jersey and you're going to the... I can't stand Jersey Shore. It's one of the most annoying things on the planet. But anyway, uh, they, they brought back... Uh, you're from that area, too. So. That's the thing that sucks, because yeah. I'm from that area, and these are not the people from my area. No. These are Guidos, and these are Guidos. I can use that word. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these are Guidos from Long Island, in my estimation. That's exactly where it comes from. Now, why do I bring this up? Because that is apparently where this serial killer was stalking. It's been a weird story the way it's been covered. They're keeping track of him. He's not a super interesting guy, although they've already gotten the lady to, uh, you know, freshly uh, bleach blonde her hair and come out and talk about a date she had with him recently. Where she was creeped out, you know, because as per usual, they always drag, did you know him? Did you know him? What did you know? How normal was he when you went out on a date with him? What was it like? I kind of wish they had done more of that with uh, OJ. Put a pin in OJ, though, because we're going to talk OJ in a minute. Um, You know, (laughs) different murder story. Uh, The thing is. What, what are your thoughts on this, this uh, Long Island serial killer that was active, was known, definitely uh, piled up some bodies that they accidentally uncovered at one point a while ago, but finally they've taken somebody into custody. You got any thoughts on it? Well, I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was shocked when they uh, caught him. It was a story that I sort of vaguely paid attention to uh, periodically there, you know, there would be uh, reports that would come out about the, this serial killer uh, in Long Island who was targeting uh, mostly sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, it was one of those stories that was, you know, it was fascinating because it, it when it seemed like, there were like with many of these instances i think mm-hmm. there are like so many more victims out there probably but you know they've only i think right now the count is somewhere between like 10 and 18 mm-hmm. um of the amount that they think that uh what's his name i'm blanking on it right now the uh, uh, gilgo beach killer right uh is responsible for but there's probably which is disturbing there's probably a lot more these are just the ones they think and i think they've really only been able to tie him specifically to like a handful of them like maybe like four or five well but but yeah this this is what happens though but see this is what happens and here's the weird shift in reality again you're younger than me but i know you remember that there were you know if if i said to you a guy who targets sex workers a guy who's off of long island in one way or another or staten island there might be a connection there this that blah blah whether uh they were targeting gay guys which hbo is running a really weird series right now on the uh you know the the serial killer that targeted gays for a bit Mm -hmm. um you know anyway this was all almost commonplace in new york city i mean it wasn't just oh they had the son of sam and this and that the first name that comes to mind for me with serial killers and sex workers is joel rifkin uh who was famous there in the same area kind of sorta and this was like a commonplace thing in new york for a while i mean i know everybody likes to go well new york of course it's a dangerous liberal city chuck yeah but i'm telling you there was a profoundly more fertile uh hunting ground it seemed like for serial killers 
years in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 70s, uh, in New York City uh, and all of the surrounding area. Now, some of this stuff spills into Jersey and so on and so forth, and Long Island is certainly not part of New York City, but it is adjacent and connected to enough that it becomes part of the overall mosaic. So that's all happening, I, and and it's it's almost weird to see it because there's not 10 other guys. Now, of course, these guys always get built into bigger legends. I mean, you could go anywhere from uh, what was Ted Bundy actually convicted of versus right. what they think he did all the way to, uh, you know, our, our, our good friend Henry Lee Lucas, who uh, very likely made up his connection to 100 or 200. I don't know what the count is officially, but it's a big mess. whole bunch of crimes he couldn't have committed, he confessed to, and somehow got led into details of it. You know the Henry Lee Lucas story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, connected to one of the JFK, you know, uh, absolute mm-hmm. conspiracy denier journalists ever. Uh, Hugh Ainsworth was connected to that story, so go figure there. Uh, some more poor journalism. Although, Hugh Ainsworth eventually, <laughs> after bringing international filmmakers to him and everything else, realized he was being uh, had. But anyway... Serial killers are one thing, but the the news cycle is such a weird thing nowadays in and of itself. And the fact that there aren't as many of these guys seemingly hunting on the American uh, uh, ground is one thing. And yet, do we really know? Uh, I'm going to have William Ramsey on tomorrow night. And, you know, his smiley face thing, uh, at one point I did not take it extremely seriously until I started to look more and more at it. And now I'm not sure what to make of it. Still, I'm skeptical, right? Uh, but but we do know that these things do happen. Uh, and sometimes the legend becomes larger than the reality and so on and so forth. So I don't know how this is going to work out in the modern age of now. You know, Twitter has changed its name to X or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, I noticed that today for the first uh, time. Yeah. Uh, what what the hell? Is, is Elon Musk <laughs> trying to that. intentionally destroy his own thing? I just um, don't, yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand how that is the logo what does that even mean why would you take away name recognition from the damn thing i mean i know the bird is stupid looking and all but but an uh, x an x Uh, what are you doing anyway forget that let's not go there there's plenty of other news to cover for sure but i mean this is an odd time for this to emerge wouldn't you say and this character does not appear to be typical from you know he's not jeffrey dahmer for sure he's not uh, i think he was married he had children yeah. He was a, an architect. Um, yeah, it's it, it's strange too. The, the I know what you mean. Like where it's like, where are all the serial killers? I mean, my I would uh, you know my impression is they're they're still out there, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, it's not really being reported by the media. Or I think what's probably more likely is um, and there there is there is a documentary about this. I remember a very good friend of mine uh, was was telling me about this is years ago, but about these like um, I think it was like truckers mm-hmm. who would you know they, and they're you know they're they're driving all night through multiple states and stuff like that, and there were these um, these seemingly completely unlinked murders of again sex workers, female sex workers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only later when people, you know, started uh, I think it was a guy that had created a some sort of computer algorithm and he was able to track that, like, these weren't random. These were right. trucking routes. These were all, you know, so there were truckers. Mm-hmm. Maybe one, maybe multiple ones that were going around and they were killing people. Uh, women who obviously nobody was really going to think twice about. 
uh, if they went missing, and especially if they're working along, you know, like truck stops and stuff like that. So they're moving from city to state and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I assume there's more, um, you know, of them out there. This the Rex uh, Hewerman, the the, the um, the Long Island serial killer. I mean, yeah, w- what's interesting about him is that it, I, I believe he seems to have just sort of stopped, which I don't know many other serial killers that do that, uh, that just sort of stop killing. Without um, a good reason. If they've been yeah, incarcerated yeah. or if they die, you know, we find and out about that stuff like, later. You look at pictures of him. I yeah. know he's older than, you know, at the, I guess at his height in the 90s, but he's a big looking guy. I mean, he's right. he's 59. And he's not that old. I mean, he's not really old at all. Um you know, and I think he certainly looks like someone who could hour, overpower, uh, a, a, you know, somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, he's like targeting like you know twenty year old women. So yeah, I don't know. That's that to me is the most interesting part about it is is why he stopped. Um, you know, and also, and and this is certainly the kind of like, you know, this is like the the tinfoil uh, hat wear inside of me is mm-hmm. like. Was he working with somebody else? Because, you know, a lot of times these guys are, especially when they're killing, you know, these massive numbers. Um, the, you know, they, they a lot of quote-unquote serial killers, you know, they tend to work with somebody else. And um, the media, I think, is, is many times, um, and law enforcement is loath to uh, entertain that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, they're much more happy to, like, okay, we got this guy. That's the end of it. You know the 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 detectives and the chief can kind of have this, uh, you know, media campaign. They can go and you know I, I saw you know there's like the cover People magazine is all about this, and they can kind of make a little bit of press. Right. There'll be some kind of uh, you know lifetime docu series about it, and then that's it. But. So, yeah, I don't and eventually know. Eventually, they'll work out some job as a consultant for something or other, blah, right, blah. You right. know, and not just the movies later, but I mean, something else too in law enforcement because they are the famous guy who did this. They captured right. the this killer, the that killer. You know what was interesting to me, a most interesting thing that people just sort of reported and moved right away from is the day after this guy is arrested, his wife files for divorce. Now, <laughs> this. Well, that's the other one too. It's like, this, what did she know? <laughs> see, that, that's what I. I said right away, and nobody else was saying that, is like, okay, if this was a shock to her, right? I don't think she would have immediately moved to divorce. She might have gone through some process here of like, well, should I defend him? Should I not? A debate for at least 24 hours? I mean, you know, something. I mean, look, if I were arrested uh, for serial killings, right, uh, I would think that Kim would take at least a few days before totally disavowing me and saying, yeah, he did it. Unless, unless she had some knowledge. So I'm wondering at this point in time did the wife know something was she suspicious of something was she already like oh man i got to get away from this guy but i'm not sure what he'll do mm. uh you know etc cetera, etc cetera, right i mean it's not john wayne gacy it's not that you know stuff was stinking under his house and that's another weird part of this they went to go look for another body at some point and uncovered his dumping ground, which previously was undiscovered. And as you said, because it's sex workers a lot of times, and also that's the point of that HBO series is, you know, gay guys in the 70s and 80s, they could disappear, and the cops were like, eh, 
okay, things happen. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so, and, and with hookers, same thing. Well, we don't know. They might have, and always, right, they might have run away. They might have disappeared for another reason. Yeah, and they're on drugs. They're, you, you know, know, they had it coming or something. I mean, it's essentially. There's a know. delay. There's a delay right. there because they're thought of as less than important, you know, to public safety because, oh, well, really, now we got one less nuisance. We don't have to keep catching and releasing mm. for, you know, prostitution, which, uh, you know, in my well, opinion, I mean, shouldn't Jeffrey be a crime. Dahmer, yeah. Right, he, mm-hmm. he was targeting men, and he was having sex with many of them. Or he was—that was the 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 implied, you know. That's how he coerced a lot of these guys. Right, right, um, and drugging them. I, yeah. I mean, he was—he seems extremely prolific. Um, <laughs> the number of people he was killing and and keeping in his house. Right, and he goes through a whole weird series of events where he's like in the gay bathhouses and he's drugging yeah, guys. Exactly, and he, exactly. He's, he's drugging know. them. He's cutting them up. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's a pretty wild story. And the fact that the cops didn't catch him for a while was almost like comical. I mean, I don't mean to make fun of it because I'm it's a horrific story. But I mean, the idea that they actually brought one of his victims back to him at one point. Oh, you that's know, right. Who, uh, who escaped? And yeah. he was like, I don't want to get too graphic. He was like drilling holes into him or something. Yeah, well, he winds up drilling holes in their heads. He's trying to make them right. into zombies. But I think that guy, there was some story. I might be off on. I'm sure someone will correct me, but I think there was one one victim like that. He was drilling holes into his head. He becomes completely disoriented because of that. Escapes and the cops bring him back. Yeah, well, but well, the the guy, the, okay, the first guy that they brought back, I think that he didn't drill the hole in his head yet. Okay, I might be off on that. Yeah, because yeah, I might be off. What happened though is that he was so out of it, and might have been handcuffed at the time. Um, and and the cops are like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, uh, "He can't talk really. He's just trying to escape." And Dahmer like calmly just goes, "Look, uh, you know, he's my boyfriend, and you know, we had a fight and whatnot." And they're like, "Ah, it's a domestic thing. We brought him back to his." boyfriend it's okay um really messed up and i mean the 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 side witnesses the cops don't tell that story but the side witnesses to this you know the people that were living in the apartment building and all that they tell the story um of course that that's a convoluted thing from the netflix series not exactly accurate there's one lady that that believes at one point he might have fed her human flesh um and she doesn't really want to speak about it too much, but part of her story is made into a composite with somebody else who had suspicions the whole time because the apartment started to stink. Anyway, you don't have this with this guy. This guy in Long Island, though, they were looking for another murder victim, and they're like, oh, we found a body here on the beach. Oh, wait a minute. We found another body out here on the beach. This guy dumped them together. In a place that, if you believe he's guilty, it was observable for him. So he could kind of like, you know, look at it across the uh, bay or river or whatever, which is really weird. But then again, might fit with a brand new storyline that, you know, somebody will be able to sell to Hollywood at some point. Um, It's it's just a wild story. But I don't know. Something is wrong here. Uh, Again, with the wife divorcing right away, the idea that the guy stopped all of a sudden, maybe he lost his partner if he had a partner. And that's what changed up his routine. He couldn't get the job done anymore because a lot of these guys will use somebody to lure, etc. Meanwhile, I wasn't even going to stick to the serial killer story too long because there's so much else to cover with you, man. So if you don't mind, I do want to move along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you want to throw something else in. 
No, 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 no. All, all I was going to say, and I, I have not studied this at all, but I, I will maybe for uh, a future uh, show we could do is just um, – I, I also just found it funny. It was like the there's that, and then there's also – I don't know why, for some reason, Tupac's uh, murder, assassination has been dug up. Oh, and yeah. they've, you know, they're they're going after someone, and I need to follow because I barely uh, sort of glanced at it, but I found that to be really weird. Like, why is that coming up? Right yeah, now? terrible. Okay, so suddenly there was a raid, okay, on somebody's house, and this guy has been brought up uh, most famously in a Netflix uh, documentary. Actually, this uh, Keefe D character, mm. who uh, you know is associated to or was a witness allegedly to the murder, but has never been able to disclose or figure out who it was he saw. Kill Tubac um, and all that. Now, meanwhile, CNN, the same day that that happens, they pull on a guy they described as Tupac's stepbrother, which I think is actually his half-brother. They might have gotten that wrong, or maybe I'm wrong about it. But either way, uh, I think they have a father in common, but different mother, I think. Uh, anyway, back to it. They bring him on, and he doesn't have a lot to say. And it was like this weird sort of like, hmm. you know, uh, I want to see justice for my brother and also justice for, uh, you know, my stepmother and uh, hmm. and this and that. I think that's why they decided to call him a stepbrother because he describes uh, – what's that's her name? He yeah, he describes Tupac's mother as a stepmother, so therefore he's a step. But I don't think so. I think actually he's a half. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's sitting there going, you know, I want justice for my brother. I want justice for my father. I want justice for everybody who was persecuted and, you know, placed in a bad place by the system. And he even said at one point, I hope everybody gets their popcorn and stays tuned, but I'm not holding my breath for the system to do the right thing here. I'm paraphrasing, but effectively, that's what he took a half hour to say on CNN, okay? And I was watching that and amazed that, you know, because my impression has been that they're not really working on this. And yet this appears to be progress. They seized a whole bunch of weird items from the guy's home, books and, and tapes and all kinds of things. Right. Who Journals. knows? Yeah. So and, and that's up in the air um, in other murder news. All right. Let's let's just keep, keep the, the string going for a moment before we get into the mass murder news. And that is the war in Ukraine and what's happening in Russia. Before we get to mass murder news, let's continue with murder news. Um O.J. Simpson. Okay, now I know this is a story that you and I have a profound disagreement on. Every once in a while, I get these wild rantings from certain people that, by the way, disagree with both you and I. <laughs> but oh no, yeah, I know. I, I still get the yeah. I you still, you still I mean, get those. Are still tips. the most popular shows I've done on my on my channel, probably. It's wild, right? I mean, people <laughs> are very much into the was O.J. really guilty or innocent kind of thing. Um, now I stand on the side of thinking this guy got away with murder. Okay. Uh, and, and a lot of people disagree with me and all that, but I find it fascinating that, guess what, Henry Lee, right? I just read an article that Henry Lee is basically being found uh, liable for fraudulently handling murder cases in Connecticut. Now, this guy has a forensic uh, school named after him up there. He's a professor. He is, uh, again, a, a, ma a major consultant on historical cases. People bring him in to double-check the work. When it comes to autopsies, all that, you're fully aware of Henry Lee, right? Oh, of course. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And you very, very prolific. And you remember his role in the OJ case, right? Mm-hmm. And his role in the case after the case where he made all these statements. And he's one of the guys who, you know, was making the statement about the different footprints and all that, right? 
He's also a consultant for John Benet Ramsey. Uh-huh. Many high-profile cases. Yeah. Okay. Now, he's not Sirowect, but he's in that league of these are the legendary standard bearers of forensic uh, science, right, when it comes to murder yes. scene investigation. Okay. Uh, but did you see that he's getting called on the carpet, like, directly because two guys were just released from prison in Connecticut uh, a short time ago that were wrongfully convicted based on this crap that Lee testified to in their case. You know that, right? I did not know that. I'm, I'm ju- I just pulled it up right now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeing the headline that, you know, that he's uh, for, found liable for fabricating evidence. Right. Now. It's <laughs> pretty wild. I want to point something out here, okay? And and here here is, I, I don't normally do the I told you so thing, okay? Mm. But here's the problem. When people brought him in to take a look at stuff in the JFK evidence, my complaint was about his process. I kept saying he's looking at things and making making claims without doing the work, okay? And people said, well, you're an idiot, Chuck. You don't know what you're talking about. I know you might have read some textbooks and this and that. I'm a little more advanced than just the average person here. I've actually studied a lot of stuff. I've witnessed autopsies personally. I have, uh, in a way, participated a little bit in autopsies in order to train, to understand the medical evidence in the JFK case, okay? Um I've done that, all right? And I got to tell you that I've had plenty of conversations that are very coherent. I'm on point with professionals in this field. Now, that's not saying a lot. I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm practically a doctor or anything like that. But what I am saying is that I recognized with Lee in more than one instance that this is a guy who was making statements without doing the work, okay? And I got shelled for this mm. by people who said, oh, you're, you know, and, and the OJ guy, by the way, this is why I bring up OJ. And the OJ guy killed me on this one. He's probably the only person in the world who heard me say that when Henry Lee was making these statements about these footprints and all this, now I don't remember the precise uh, statements I made, but he complained about it vehemently because I was saying that he's making statements without doing the necessary work to be able to make those statements. Why? Because I know that you have to do X, Y, Z to get to that conclusion. He's saying stuff based on an opinionated observation of a photograph. Not a good way to go. I do realize that a lot of these guys have to work off of photographs, but you can't make definitive statements about certain things just by utilizing photographs, okay? I know that, you know, you don't always have the first-hand evidence in hand, but in that case, you don't make a definitive statement about it. Okay, you make a more measured statement about here are the possibilities. Here is what could be found if this condition, that condition, the third one is actually known. Well, Lee turns around and says that there's DNA present when there wasn't all kinds of crap with these guys who went to prison. Okay, based on his bona fides as a forensic scientist. Okay, I believe that we're going to see more of these cases. With this guy particularly, and I think, ready for this, he deserves it. I don't care what point of view he stood at. When he's done bad work, he's done bad work. And I'm telling you now, any of his statements regarding the OJ thing are invalid because he didn't do the work. I mean, it just makes you wonder or question. I mean, I think it, you know, I'm still, 
I think, you know, I mean, I, I would say this, like not knowing the, the full specifics of what just happened with, with Lee in Connecticut. I mean, I would still, I would still go far as, in, in my opinion, to say even if Henry Lee is wrong about OJ, that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, it, it invalidates the entire case. It doesn't mean that it invalidates all this other evidence. But, and I would almost say, I mean, to me, it's just sort of like, it, it seems, it, I mean, it rings very true, and I, I can, I, I think this is something, and I found this, this has sort of struck me more and more, and, and this, this even kind of like, I think, um, you know, would, would lead into some of, the, you know, some of the other stuff we wanted to talk about today with the, the Wagner group and, and politics Definitely. stuff, but it, it, nothing is so, like, clear cut, and I think that people, like, draw these lines mm -hmm. so often, and it's like, well, you know, it's like, oh, Henry Lee is an expert, and everything he says is perfect, and I'm not gonna, you know, look at anything uh, negative about him, and then, you know, it's like, See, but this look, will it, come out. It's not I, but just... I just think it, yeah, but, there's but, a world where both okay. are totally possible. Yes, I think, true. you know, Henry Lee could totally have been fabricating stuff, and I would assume, too, he's like, right. what we were saying... These people become so bloated in terms of their ego. Right. I'm sure he just became extremely sloppy. Looked at something for two seconds, put his name on it. He's Henry Lee. Right. And now these guys were in prison for what? I mean, this is like over a decade, right? Yeah, a bunch of guys whose names you're never going to know, I guarantee you, were punished based on what? His reputation, not his work. See, mm. that's the problem, one. Two, look, uh, in two, two seemingly conflicting ideas do exist in the same universe all the time. In the chat room, somebody said, you know, I think O.J. was guilty as hell and evidence was planted. Okay, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I've seen that many times, and I, I you know, I, I think... I still don't. I that is feasible I, though. That is yeah, feasible. Absolutely. Is all I'm saying. I, look, I, yeah. I I agree that that's what happened, <laughs> but you can disagree with me and still say yeah, but that is plausible. Here's the thing about Henry Lee. It's not that I'm saying that everything that he's ever said needs to be thrown out, but the idea that he was not to be questioned that needs to be done away with because that was what the problem was here. And in the OJ case, I think he did a bad job. I know he did a bad job in the JFK stuff that he examined. Okay, I just know he did. And I, I'm not saying this because I had a gut feeling. I'm saying this because I knew that mechanically there was a problem from the baseline of what it was he needed to do. Okay, the ABCs of the forensic work was not being done by Henry Lee properly in many cases where he was asked to consult. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that he was wrong about everything. I'm just saying that this idea that he was sort of, you know, Henry the Infallible has to go. Okay, that's all I'm saying, and I think that we're going to find more and more of this stuff, and a whole lot of people who hung their hats on, well, Henry Lee agreed, but yeah, no, yeah. no good. Okay, that's all I was trying to get at with it, but, uh, and, and another funny thing about this to me is that, um, you know, not only do we have the OJ case and the, these guys who just sued him and everything else, but I guarantee you there are tons of unknowns where Henry Lee just put a stamp on it, recommended yeah, somebody, yeah. and you're going to have to reexamine all that, and that is the price of sloppy work, okay? Um, and, and that's, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, that's exactly what happened, is that once a certain level of ego is reached, once a certain level of reputation is garnered, that sometimes people ride on that. 
You know, it doesn't matter what they did before because they had the reputation as being the best, etc. And this is what occurs here. And that, that happens with analysis and everything else in all sorts of places. Unfortunately, it's very costly in the arena that we're talking about here. So I think that's something to keep in mind. All right. Um, but you're going to hang your hat on this thing with OJ one way or another. And I'm telling you, that, that guy, I'm going to get another nasty message. I know it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Those, those people. Oh, I mean, I, I would just say, too, even everything I've done, you would think I would be getting attacked, right, by like people. Out, like, I would say the most vicious comments I get are not people that think. OJ is guilty. There are right. people that have some problem with, oh, well, I made some, I misquoted some document, you know, from whatever, you know, 1997, and I was wrong about this date and that, and I'm, I'm covering up for someone else, and, you know, yeah. But I would, I, the last thing I would say, just touching on the Henry Lee thing, is, I mean, it's ironic given that much of his. You know, his, his uh, I mean, a lot of what he was talking about in the OJ trial was mm -hmm. like sloppy police work. Right. Which, again, he might be, you know, it's like that that was correct in many ways. I mean, even again, like someone was saying in the comments, you know, was evidence planted? I, I definitely think there was evidence planted. And you could certainly make a case. It's incredibly plausible that OJ is guilty, but that they planted evidence. Right. And it's just so funny that, you know, that's part of what Henry Lee was sort of um, that was, you know, why he was so effective as this expert witness is pointing out a lot of the sloppiness that was going on. He was you know, meant to clarify specifically the thing right. that he was contributing to. Know, that's that's the greatest. A, and, and it's funny, too, that, like, <clears throat> yeah. you know, I think this you know, made him into such a prominent figure that, yeah, then it, it just to become you become kind of rubber stamping stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're not really like looking at, you know, cases that closely. And yeah, I mean, it's like shameful that you've got people that spend their lives in prison and, you know, they get exonerated because of some hair follicle that nobody actually tested. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and I think it just sort of like invalidates, like you said. I mean, everything he's done, all the, and and also the people that Henry Lee might have been instrumental in freeing that were innocent mm -hmm. are now going to be. Well, you know, maybe they weren't. Maybe they really did kill that that woman. You See, know, there or, you go. I, th there's it, another yeah, problem. So and and in the world that we exist in right now, the reason why I'm a little sensitive to this is not because it's the world of a quarter century ago, okay? Because And it's not because, oh, technology changed. No, 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 no. My problem is this. Things are so subject to people's interpretation anymore that, you know, look, it's not a matter of, like, the OJ thing where, where it was, I thought immediately he was guilty and thought that even after watching the trial every day and all that, um... You know, the contrarian viewpoint was something that could be valid. You know, maybe the justice system got it wrong. That was one thing. But nowadays, it is very much, especially in the true crime business that's out there. Like, uh, I'll give you a, a quick for instance. I found it so shocking that I brought Roberta Glass on this show one night uh, at the behest of somebody who was booking guests for me. And... Every single person that pretty much, you know, I thought was an interesting case to talk about who had been exonerated, she virtually thought was guilty anyway. Didn't matter what the results of the court case were. It seemed like to her, the world was guilty. Anybody who was brought up on charges was guilty, which almost suggests to me that you have got a lot of faith in every time they charge somebody, right? Right. Now, I don't, you know this about me, I don't have a lot of faith in our judicial system and for it to come out to a, a favorable or 
just result unless and unless uh, uh, somebody pays for it. And in that case, it's still not a just result because I think many guilty people pay to get get through. I really feel like that is what happened in the OJ case. A lot of people point to it as the one time, but it happens all the time. People that, you know, look, you would have been dragged through, and I bring this through all the time, you know, where it's like, look, you see how, and I'm going to get myself in trouble again. What the hell? Let's do it all. Donald Trump, right? His business gets convicted. But he doesn't. Now, you try and do that, Pierce Redmond. You try and pull that one off in court. You ain't getting there. Uh, The whole thing in New York where his business got convicted because of this, and then his his organization was convicted. How do you put an organization in prison? Answer, you don't. Um, You know what I mean? It's, It's very funny to me. That and, and it's not just him. Anybody who's in a particular position who can write a large enough check can get a result like that. But if you're not in that position, you get run over. And it doesn't matter if it's for shoplifting or if it's, you know, it, whether you did it or not. Uh, if you end up with a piece of merchandise in your bag somehow or other, or you took it out of your, out with the cart. You know, I, I've seen people pay $1,000 for a $10 item that was shoplifted. And I've seen others walk away with nothing. It's very interesting how this all works out and there is selective enforcement and your results may vary based on the size of your bank account i don't see how anybody can argue with that and yet people tell me all the time i'm wrong you know it's very interesting to me also i don't think the whole world is guilty and i certainly don't think the whole world is innocent (laughs) you know what i mean and and, yeah and i think you're right though i mean that's sort of what i was i was uh trying to say is just the the black and white thinking that everyone has you know yeah. Um, and there, there will be there will be people that are, are you know, oh, they're out to get Henry Lee. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, this is a conspiracy, um, you know, or or that that uh, well, you know, but he's done so much good. Let's not, uh, you know, let's not look too closely. And um, yeah, I, I think, but I think that that like, unfortunately, that mentality has sort of permeated to like everything, like just right. general society. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's everybody is guilty or everybody is innocent. Or, you know, or or there is uh, no conspiracy a theory in the world that's not true. I mean, look, I do feel like another forensic, uh, you know, a, a doctor was gone after. Cyril Wecht was gone after in a political way. Uh, you know, there in, in Pennsylvania, he found a way to exonerate himself eventually over some very minor stupid things that they tried to, uh, you know, get, get him uh, to go to prison for. You know, a misappropriation of funds and all this stuff. I mean, the guy depleted. Uh, the the uh, you know the decent comfortable lifestyle he really wore it down having to defend himself there and I think they did go after him for political reasons because he was too high profile etc cetera, etc cetera. yet you again are a resident of a city where a guy named Michael Bodden made his name initially right. And that's a whole other result. The system loves Michael Bott and loves even that idiot that he's now trained to bring out there and bring into cases. I don't even know what to th- – you know what I'm talking about, that other guy he tows around now? Yes. Where it's like, uh, hi, here's my bona fides. Here's Michael Bott. And now that he's been introduced, now I'm going to talk. And the guy doesn't even look like he's got his own act together. And he makes all kinds of weird statements about these different cases. And he's brought in as a contrarian. Uh, again, the, the well, world – Well, was hired by? Uh, Epstein's brother. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
and, uh, and yeah. also uh, basically uh, took control of the uh, medical panel during the uh, House Select Committee on Assassinations, hmm. uh, despite the fact that I, I love the one uh, video clip out there. Uh, and I'm going to bring on the guy who made a documentary about the, uh, the what is it called, the mysterious death of number 35. I'm going to bring him on the show pretty soon. I love the video clip that he made everybody take a look at where Baden could not properly orient, you know, couldn't figure out which way to put one of the autopsy photographs on a giant easel where he had this thing like, you know, poster size, and he's trying to show a photograph of the skull, and he didn't know how to orient the photograph correctly. He's moving it three, four different ways. Um, it's really funny. Uh, you know, and meanwhile, this is the medical expert uh, to chair the medical evidence committee, right? Uh, the one dissenter, again, on the HSCA would be Sarah Weck. But, uh, you know, all, all the rest of them went right away for the official story. And Michael Bodden is a good guy to do that. He got famous on HBO. He did all that stuff. He's, you know, his books, all those things that he's made a living on, again, based on his reputation. And uh, and he's still being, you know, dragged out every now and then. Well, we need a good, solid name to come in and make the case that the system once again did the right thing. Let's call Michael Bodden. You know well, what that, I mean? I mean, that, that's entirely why Mark Epstein hired him, I think, right. which is, was mainly because, oh, well, just, just by hiring him, by having his name. Uh, you know, it's said in the same sentence as Jeffrey Epstein will lead everyone to, oh, there, there was, you know, I mean, and again, I, I do think that Epstein was obviously murdered by somebody in prison, but it, it, it's still like all it takes is Baden's name associated with it for you to be like, oh, th- this must be true. Right. And, and then, and then by some weird extension that like, uh, you know, that Epstein is not, not necessarily a victim here, but that, Oh, you know, they, they, the really bad guys got him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was not really that bad. You know, he was, he's right. being silenced. He knew something. Well, and if it's backed up by Biden, that means that no matter what your status quo is supposed to be, uh, you know, by, I called him Biden. Biden, excuse like, me. What? Wow. Uh, Biden. Yeah, I do that every now and then. You know, one time I, I sat here calling you, uh, uh, Pierce Morgan one day. I remember <laughs> that. That was pretty funny. I look, I do stuff like that. Excuse me. But, uh, anyway, Michael Biden is, is your guy. If you want to protect the status quo, whatever it may be, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break here and get into the one subject that I really actually wanted to talk to Pierce about. Uh, and we wound up going in other directions. And who knows, we might even touch a little Star Trek and uh, some other things before I let Porkins go for the night. But hopefully you guys are enjoying this on the live stream and via your final slab of choice, your applicable application and your podcatcher du jour. The Ocelli Effect continues after this. WallStreetWindow.com Gold, silver, the stock market. WallStreetWindow.com Perhaps you're invested deeply. Perhaps you're not in deep enough. Maybe you're thinking about getting started. WallStreetWindow.com Michael Swanson, the brilliant author of The War State understood these trends professionally for many years and now he gives you the benefit of his knowledge wallstreetwindow.com go there now go there now go there now you're listening to the ocelli.com radio network do you like history real history that you were never taught in schools why the vietnam war nuclear bombs and nation building in southeast asia by author mike swanson with new documentation 
never seen before that will open your eyes to events that led up to this. Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia, 1945 through 1961. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. Why? The Vietnam War by author Mike Swanson. Uncle, do you remember that time when Benjamin Fulford said that an Asian secret society was going to dispatch ninjas to take down the Illuminati? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, in the cartoon. Yeah, did that ever work out too good? No. It didn't, did it? Didn't work. But here on Ocelli.com Radio Network, things work out a bit better, don't they? Much better. Much I mean, better. it's clearer in understanding about the programs. The programs are much clearer. Getting live people into it. They really have a good conversation going. Much better. Much so, better scene. I say forget Benjamin Fulford and his ninjas and yeah. listen to the Ocelli.com radio network. I agree. It's straight to the point. Straight talk. And I like that idea. Ocelli.com. Revelation through conversation. Holocaust. You know what uranium is, right? It's a thing called nuclear weapons and other things, like lots of... You know what uranium is, right? Bad things. Things are done with uranium, including some bad things. Nuclear Holocaust. You know what uranium is, right? I've been briefed. Nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear Holocaust. You know what uranium is, right? It's a thing called nuclear weapons and other things, like lots of... You know what uranium is, right? Bad things. Things are done with uranium, including some bad things. Nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear Holocaust.
going to Chuck O'Chelly. You are about to embark upon the great crusade. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely, man to man. The tide has turned. Free men of the world are marching together to victory. Good luck, and let us all be seeking the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. You know, with people talking a lot lately about the uh, possibility of nuclear war and saying things, oddly enough, like on uh, on last night's uh, Union of the Unwanted, somebody said, you know, it's terrifying. This is a strange time when we're worried about nuclear war. And I went, that's happened before. And somebody said, well, you know, there's this thing going on here where there, there's, uh, you know, the surrogate warfare and the, the proxy wars are happening. And, you know, it's getting amped up and we're about ready to get to a major conflict. And I go, that's happened before. Uh, you know, here we are. Here we are again. Right. Confronting who? Uh, well. Everybody used to call the Soviet Union Russia anyway in America, you know, the transposition of one term to another. And, of course, you have the transposition of a guy who was part of the, uh, you know, the intelligence agencies over there, uh, not necessarily a KGB guy, but a KGB guy, takes over the government in Russia and creates the Russian Federation. And he's a good guy because of the propaganda operation. I mean, that's the way it is. Meanwhile, Biden, who is the root of all evil, and I don't know if I can totally disagree with that, but can I totally agree with it? Not necessarily. Is he the worst of the worst? I'm not sure. Is he corrupt? Of course he is. You don't get to that level without being corrupt. But what is going on here? And then we're confronted with a long-term protracted issue in Ukraine which I, I, I have suffered mightily for not taking one of the two prescribed positions about, right? Because <laughs> I'm not on the side of Vladimir Putin's a good guy and he's got to get rid of those Nazis. I'm not on that side. And I'm also not on the side of, well, Ukraine is a completely clean situation. And indeed, there are people that wish to have their freedoms and wish to determine their own destiny. And those are the people on the ground, you know, not the decision makers in the government, not Zelensky, not the guy who was a TV show host. Oh, wait, we elected a TV show host to be our president once, didn't we? Anyway, uh, you know, the strange situation there. And then the almost Russian Blackwater comes into play. Who are they? They're the worst of the worst. They're taking prisoners. They're emptying the prisons, bringing them out there into the mercenary groups, sacrificing troops, but definitely pounding the ground in a way that makes it appear as though Russia could just simply take Ukraine at any time. Yet they've had trouble taking something the size of Texas. Why? Because we're supplying them with stuff. Because of their tenacity, because of their desire for self-preservation? Well, I'll leave that analysis to you, but I'm not on the side of the people that say this was the most corrupt place on the planet, it deserves to be destroyed. Can't side with them either. But the weirdness lately is even after <clears throat> there were many accusations about, well, 
the Ukrainians are going to attack us in Russia. And by the way, if you listen to some of their, well, most patriotic rhetoric, they were saying that at one point they were going to take this to Russia. And in fact, if Russia continued to attempt to punish Ukraine in this way, that it might lead to the downfall of Russia itself. Uh, and then we get confronted with the idea that Vladimir Putin might resort to nuclear weapons, not just in a tactical sense, but maybe out of a desire for self-preservation, out of a desire to, under no circumstances, allow Russia to lose and to lose any more ground in the struggle regarding the encircling of them by, guess what, uh, NATO, which Trump said nobody was fairly paying for except the U.S. and so on and so forth, encircling Russia, containing them, and et cetera, et cetera. Is that the narrative anyway? Nuclear weapons, the big threat, all of it coming down. The Wagner Group, Wagner, Okay, the Wagner Group, mercenaries, private army, not necessarily part of the private army, but just like Blackwater, they did serve a function. They were achieving victories and also doing other stuff in other places. And then they said after the drone attacks, after a weird sort of drone attack, which looked seriously amateurish and didn't appear to be Ukrainian, but somehow happened in Moscow. Then there were more. And then there was almost according to our news reports over here in English, a coup that occurred, but not quite. And then a deal was struck and then Belarus got involved. And man, you and I have not gotten a chance to talk about this much, Pierce, but (laughs) I'm curious now that I've brought everybody up to speed and probably aggravated a bunch of people. And my apologies to those of you that somehow think I'm supposed to fall in line with uh, somebody's rhetorical line here regarding this or another. My apologies to you. I I have this terrible tendency to think for myself. Um, Here's the thing. What in the hell is going on with this Wagner group? According to you, I love your international analysis of things like this. So I'm calling upon you to do something we haven't really asked to do in a while. And by the way, I would not mind if we have time to touch on Strange New Worlds before we're done uh, and the latest Star Trek stuff that's happening. But maybe we'll have to preserve that for or reserve that, excuse me, not preserve, reserve that for another night because I want to hear what you think about all of this. I don't know if it's political theater. I don't know if it's real world. I don't know if this is a psyop. I I got to tell you, I, I throw my hands up and say I'm not sure what to make of what is going on regarding Wagner, the reality of their circumstance, the reality of the Russian circumstance, and indeed the reality of the war outside of the fact that I do know that there are many Ukrainian civilians that are paying high prices here. There are many Russian soldiers that are paying high prices here. And the reports are getting stranger and stranger from that part of the world. I'm almost nervous, but I'm not sure how to take it all. So wh- where do we stand? Where should we begin with this, Pierce? Well, I I think that this is uh, this is the I, I mean <laughs> the Wagner stuff, the, the story. I mean, it's still unraveling. It's still happening. There mm. were just reports, or today, U.S. officials sanctioned. Uh, bunch of uh very high-ranking officials in mali um so in uh west africa i think the defense minister and a bunch of other people were formally sanctioned by the u.s uh state department over the allegations that they uh along with the wagner group are 
uh, massacring um, people. Mali is, I mean, has had a lot of political uh, instability over the past uh, decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, there's been a huge power vacuum there. Um, I mean, there was at one point, you know, there was a coup in Mali that was led by a colonel who was trained in America, but leaving that uh, to one side of this, uh, it you know this seems to confirm a lot of rumors that um, Mali, as well, as well as other countries, Burkina Faso being another one, have ties with the Wagner Group. But anyway, they've been tied, uh, they've been sanctioned rather for uh, alleged you know war or human rights violations. Um, I can't remember the specific. Um, uh, ethnic group, but this is uh, mainly uh, uh, targeting one particular ethnic group, which has been, uh, you know, has been uh, recruit. You know, they've, it's been used as a sort of recruiting ground for various different uh, groups and actors that have been fighting the central government in Mali. Right. But anyway, the I think that the 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 Wagner Group stuff is just I, I, I found it, and I, I and I I mean I'm saying this a little bit kind of tongue in cheek, but it's been you know, good, quote-unquote, news in the sense that it's been kind of like it was exciting. I was like, this is and – and I and I mean that, and I, I'm kind of being a little bit, you know, again, mm. I'm let's not, you know, make light of this. But it's pretty wild what has gone on. I mean, this is – I think what it is is really just the the ultimate outcome for world power's reliance – on mercenary firms and the sort of the the kind of like corporatization of war and warfare and it just so happens that it's it's russia that this is sort of befalling at the moment but well that's why i said it's sort of like russia's blackwater in a way and yet it isn't because there seemed to be a line, and I know some people would argue, but there seemed to be a line where you could clearly define the difference between the mercenary troops and the proper military in most cases when it came to the U.S. Um, that's the way I felt about it. Although you found that, well, maybe we use mercenaries because they're not held responsible the same way. They're not necessarily having to deal with the uniform military code of justice, uh, so on and so forth. But this Wagner thing was another kind of animal because this guy had a, a seriously, I mean, he wasn't uh, Eric, what's his name? Uh, you know, Prince. Prince. He wasn't Eric Prince for sure. He was in a better position than Eric Prince. Uh, when it came to wielding well, power he, and influence, he, yeah, Prigozhin is. Yeah. Well, it's also crazy. I don't, and I didn't know this until I started like really looking into it. But I mean, Prigozhin is not. Eric Prince is a scumbag, a horrible individual, um, certainly a despicable person. Who again has uh, there? There are allegations mm-hmm. that he has ties to the Wagner Group, particularly in what's going on in Libya, and virtually everything that the Wagner Group has been accused of, particularly. Particularly, you know, forming these shell companies and these organizations that Mm -hmm. are – there was a a really good piece in the Wall Street Journal that just came out today. I'll try to find the the link and we can can link to it later. But 
uh, you know, talking about these various companies that are all set up by Progrosin and other people within Wagner to, um, you know, mine for gold and diamonds in, uh, you know, places like Mali, Central African Republic. They're very um, active in Sudan. So all, all those sort of things, mm-hmm. Eric Prince does the same exact stuff. He has a group called Frontier Services Group. Um, which, you know, is like a private equity investor, uh, that works in Africa, but essentially they're going in, they're helping, you know, and, and what they want are diamond concessions, gold concessions. Right. So, you know, Prince is doing all that stuff, but Prince was at least, um, you know, he was in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was like, I forget what, like special Navy SEAL or something like that, right? Something Before like he, that, yeah. he goes to form, uh, Blackwater. Prigozhin is just like a is actually a two foot criminal. Mm-hmm. You know, he was arrested for all sorts of. You know, he was in and out of prison for a while. He was uh, part of you know various uh, different um, you know local gangs within Russia. But he is mm-hmm. no is not a like brilliant tactician, which you can obviously from the you know what's happened over the, no, but the, he's the past literally, couple of months. But he's literally part of that evolution, which I've talked about several times, where, you know, when at the collapse of the Soviet Union, Putin very intelligently decided to take the working parts of the economy, which were the black market, which were the criminal elements, and do what? Right? He didn't wipe them out. It's not time to stop them because they were still functioning, even as your banks are collapsing. They had ways of functioning because they had a greater reach. So he brought them in to positions of power. He gave them pieces of power in the government to build it quicker. Now, that's interesting in and of itself, but what is also interesting and always must be kept in mind is that since the 1950s, we know very well that any organization, regardless of its ethos, okay, does not matter what its ethical character is, it does not matter what its origin is, it doesn't matter who funds it, they are all susceptible to being utilized by guests who? The intelligence community who are more than happy to hire criminals of any kind, who are more than happy to hire uh, corporations of any kind, anybody who has organizational infrastructure that they do not have to create themselves, but can be useful, whether it's American Express or it's, you know, this sugar company that pops up out of nowhere that suddenly takes over, you know, sugarcane fields or it's somebody who's uh you know allegedly running an oil company it doesn't matter okay they bring in people that already have existing infrastructure regardless of their ethical considerations to do the dirty work and a guy like this who is again a criminal and and look you know give props where props is uh, necessary right this is a guy who survived through some things that caused legitimate businessmen to collapse so Here we go. He's useful. Now, our CIA does this constantly. That's who I'm pointing to talking about the hiring of criminal elements. But why would we assume that anybody else wouldn't do exactly the same thing, whether it's the FSB or the KGB, et cetera? So this makes perfect sense to me. Go ahead. Well, no, the only thing is that, like, yeah, and the FSB, obviously they employ criminals like the CIA does. But, no, yes, if the CIA wanted to, you know, bump off some other gang leader, then you would go to Pergozo. But, you know, but right. the idea that they would elevate him to run one of the most powerful paramilitary groups is 
is kind of laughable. He's like a he was a caterer. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he sold <laughs> hot dogs for a while. Then he just became he was basically just a, a very you know uh, expensive caterer. He ran a bunch of restaurants. In he some, got into the catering business. In some communications, he's referred to as the chef. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's exactly right. Like he has no military prowess. Yeah. Like he is not like I, I mean he knows probably about as much about you know military tactics as I do or you do. Um, you know, I, I mean, so that's what's so crazy is that he just, you know, and I think that it, it I think it really illustrates, um, you know, a, a very stupid tactical decision by Putin. And well, I know that, again, he's, he's here's a great question. Well, here's a great question. OK, forget the 4D chess for a second. Let's just look at something that's on the surface. Is it a, a, a propaganda piece? Is it a work of fiction that Wagner went in and was actually effective in its various operations when they were, uh, you know, engaged in dealing with Ukraine? Because that's a story I see emerge, regardless of what you think of him as a tactician. And by the way, some people might say, look, if you give a, a battering ram and an armored vehicle and you send him up against the three little pigs, of course, the house of straw and the house of sticks is going to go down. I get it. But nonetheless, a whole lot of the proper Russian military seemed to not be getting the job done. He seemed to have cut certain lines and gotten stuff done before they removed him from the scene. Am I wrong about that? Or is that propaganda? Is that his PR? Uh, I think it, yeah. no, I think that it's, it's not propaganda that the Wagner group was effective in the, Ukrainian theater of war. I, I think that 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 is true. true. But okay. keep in mind, what is propaganda is that Prigozhin is the reason. Mm. You know, he's he, he he is not smart enough to actually be you know commanding troops on the ground. I, I don't think that Prigozhin at any point in time was saying, okay, this is how we're going to invade this city. We're gonna you know he doesn't know military tactics. He doesn't know strategy. He doesn't understand the, you know military. Logi- I mean, he might actually understand logistics. Well, and- Make no mistake. Well, yeah, and make no mistake. Well, hang on just a quick sec, because make no mistake, there is a very complex thing going on here. You know, the special military operation and all that, and the uh, you know the the swagger and the the chest pounding uh, aside. Okay, there's a very complex situation going on here. The idea that somebody is suggesting in your media that there are assassination attempts being made one way or another, these things are usually very carefully considered uh, statements, very carefully considered leaks of information, uh, what the enemy should be allowed to know. That's the communication game, but there is literally on the ground considerations. Should we take out this city or that city or whatever? You do need coordination and there is, again, despite the fact that this has now taken way longer than anybody anticipated okay because what what did i think when this happened and what did you think pierce by the way really quick uh did you think that ukraine would fall quickly i mean did you see this as being as complex as it is i mean today we're faced with again these drone attacks and i doubt that Prigozhin knows how to uh, utilize drones very well maybe i'm wrong about that but i mean i don't know if he knows even how to use some of the modern equipment or anything <laughs> the deal is though that that stuff is all going on the idea that, you know, Zelensky could be assassinated, the idea that, you know, they're, they're making statements that there were attempts for people to go after Putin, even though one of them was really sad looking, that one little tiny drone that kind of went up against the dome there. I mean, look, there is a lot going on here. And what I'm saying is 
even if he is to be a useful tool in the Russian war box, okay, um, he's got to be informed enough and he's got to be properly directed enough so that he doesn't cause more problems than he creates, regardless of his victories on the battlefield, because this situation is not just a clear-cut conventional war versus conventional war. You either get it done or you don't. There's a lot going on here. Do they want to destroy all the infrastructure? Do they want to destroy their, uh, you know, their Russian loyalists in certain places? Don't they want to preserve these areas of the country that they want to annex again, just like Crimea? What's going on there? I mean, nobody, I think, wants to. You, you saw the story, I'm sure, earlier uh, this week about the landmines, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, leading up to the nuclear plant. Nobody wants to light off another Chernobyl in the midst of this, and that potential is there because that's not going to benefit Ukraine. That's not going to benefit Russia. What good is taking? We won. Everything's glowing, but we won. Nobody wants that, and yet we're watching a whole lot of things that, I mean, is it in danger of happening, or are we just being given this impression? And what is Wagner's role in that? What are your thoughts? Well, so again, I, I to to quickly go back, I think that it is. Prigozhin did he employed real people that knew what they were doing like one of the major heads is um or one of the alleged founders of the Wagner group is a guy called Dmitry Utkin who served in the GRU um so you know military intelligence in Russia he uh fought in or you know was uh, was part of another um mercenary firm that fought in Syria you know he was helping uh with, with his alleged I said to be the founder of Wagner. So this guy, he obviously knows people. They're recruiting from uh, Russian military, Russian intelligence, all, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I think that that is that is happening, you know, like and I, and it does seem that for all of the I don't think it's PR that like they are doing well. I think it, it, it speaks more to the fact that our alleged greatest enemy is not that competent. Uh, when it comes to at least when it comes to some sort of land war with Ukraine, I did not think it was going to go on this long. It seems like there is no real way for Russia to win. I don't even know what winning looks like to mm, them now. Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, so I think, though, that it's also easy um, for America to, you know, or, or for, for people to, in the West to be like, oh, you know, look, the Russians don't know what they're doing. I mean, clearly – uh, the Ukrainians, it, this is not like Zelensky, uh, you know, is, is not, again, not some military tactician either. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the CIA, NATO, you know, th- this is their doing as well. They are training people. They are on the ground fighting. They are helping to organize and, and, and a lot of this stuff as well, which is what's making it so difficult for Russia. But, no, I, I think that it's not PR. Um, I, I think it's it's just a reality. This is not this is not a conflict that was easily going to be solved. And I think, if anything, I, I think that you know the Russian military seems at times antiquated there seems to be no cohesion um you know people seem disillusioned Mm. with the group and obviously that's why they were leaning so heavily on wagner but what all that ended up doing was again we were talking earlier in the uh in the first hour about inflating egos it inflated the ego of a two-bit uh caterer 
you know, gang member in Russia, mm-hmm. and he genuinely thought like, uh, oh, I'm going to overthrow the Russian government. I'm going to be, I'm going to win the war in Ukraine. I'm going to overthrow Putin. I mean, again, I don't know what he thought winning looked like. They're going to march into Moscow. That's the weird question. What does winning look like? And I'll tell you a funny story that was passed to me just now. Uh, and, and I did not see this earlier. Uh, I'm ashamed to say, but creative accidents, a great guy who, uh, by the way, shout out to creative accidents who organized, uh, uh, a little uh, a wedding gift uh, for for you and Amy. Uh, a little late, a little late, but uh, we 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 well, got together on it. To send gifts. <laughs> so you have a year to send. Is that the uh, correct uh, protocol? That's what know. I've been told. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Look, you're talking to a guy who got like no gifts for his weddings ever. Um, well, I'm not, not necessarily true. I got a used car, and uh, and that was it. Married twice, I got a used car out of the deal, but um, and I'm and no, I'm not talking about my first wife because she would have been at the very least a minivan. I mean, she wasn't small. But anyways, um, back to it. Uh, this story out of the New York Post, which I just uh, sent over to you in chat, and I think I dropped in the live chat room at Ocelli.com. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Leaked photos show, and this is the New York Post. Okay, for, uh, July 25th. Okay, uh, published today. It looks like right. No, excuse me, published July 6th initially. It's been updated, but um, anyway, there it is. Leaked photos show. This is from the article. Uh, mutinous Wagner chief. Okay, again, uh, Prigozhin, I believe is how you say his last name, but I'm not. I'm going to attempt the first name in a series of absurd disguises, <laughs> complete with wigs and fake beards, with uh, some likening him to an infamous, infamous Sasha Baron Cohen character. Yeah, I did think the dictator when I saw the one fake beard Yeah, um, on the bottom left. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild looking. Um Anyway, uh, in, in one of the mind-boggling selfies, Prigozhin uh, sports a wig with thick uh, side-swept bangs. In another, he is dressed in an army uniform, uh, accessorized with a pair of dark shades and a salt-and-pepper beard down to his chest. You know, one of those Al-Qaeda-looking beards. Uh, the Russian news site, URA. I, I don't... What What is URA? Do you know that site? I am not sure. Uh hmm. We could look that up. No no problem. If you want to look it up, I'll just continue a little bit more with the article. Not much. Uh, URA reported that the disguises seen in the leaked selfie show Prigozhin dressed as a Ministry of Defense officer in Sudan, a diplomatic aide from uh, Abu Dhabi, a senior lieutenant from Benghazi, a colonel from Tripoli, a merchant from Syria, and a field commander named Muhammad. See, I I knew it was kind of Al-Qaeda-ish. Anyway, the release of the bizarre disguises is part of an apparent effort by Vladimir Putin's regime to discredit Prigozhin in the wake of his failed armed mutiny. That's an interesting term there. The one thing is reminiscent of uh, uh, Muammar Gaddafi, though, i got to tell you, with like a bad just on the neck beard uh, all the way bottom right. Anyway, uh, so Brigosian, 62, allegedly used the costumes for his mercenary work overseas, according to the independent news outlet Astra. Uh, some social media commentators have likened Brigosian's get-ups to that of Sasha Baron Cohen's character, General Aladdin, in the 2012 comedy satire, The Dictator. See, I didn't read that part, but I but I thought it. Uh, last thing, Prigozhin's secret identities were exposed after the release of photos documenting Russian security forces 
is June Reeds on the Billionaire's Mansion in suburban St. Petersburg and his office, which turned up a collection of wigs stashed in a cabinet, a framed photo of severed heads, and a sledgehammer bearing the tongue-in-cheek inscription, quote, to use in important negotiations. Um, Talk about building a legend. Uh, you know, and, and this has nothing to do with what his current circumstance is, what his current, uh, Well, know, there's a belief that he's dead, too. There, there's, a, right. there's a former U.S. Um, uh, Defense Department official believes that he's actually dead. There was a photo of him a few, maybe a week ago. Um, I saw it in, like, the Independent, but you can, I'm sure you can Google it, of him hmm. in his, like, underwear <laughs> in some tent presumably in Belarus, where a lot of the Wagner group have all kind of the ones that aren't actively flying right now to Mali, Burkina Faso, Sudan, and most importantly, the Central African Republic, which is due to hold a referendum. The president in CAR is uh, who is, has been propped up by the Wagner Group for many years, and he is he is um, uh, allocated them all sorts of um, uh, mining concessions within the CAR. He is running. Uh, he's, he's trying to hold a referendum that will extend his presidency. So the Wagner Group again. Mm. This is after Pergozin has been. I don't know, murdered or, uh, you know, living in some camp in Belarus. Uh, there, so, someone is paying for these guys to fly right. into the Central African Republic. It's believed that Russia is trying to sort of, uh, I, I guess, kind of like just uh, absorb it. They're going to buy it off or, or just sort of lay claim to it. But um, it, well, see, now there, there's the funny thing, right? Because in some cases it seemed like he's working on their behalf, and in other cases he's working on his own behalf. And maybe, again, both things are, are true at the same time, even though they appear to be in conflict with one another. So I'm just going to throw in this last piece of commentary and let you tie a bow on this whole thing and tell us what we're supposed to take away from it. Because to me, this is an amazing story, and it is something that if, if I were, okay, somebody who was important or recognizable when it comes to uh, the Wagner group here after this alleged failed coup after uh, all of this you know news across the planet where quite frankly a greater spotlight on some people that want to operate in the shadows for the most part was had and probably undermined their ability to do certain business in the future I would have definitely had my you know breaking bad season finale escape plan ready you know Saul Goodman becomes a new guy Uh, I would have definitely had that ready i might be living god knows where but somewhere way the hell away from anybody that would want to recognize me or know what i've done i mean maybe i'd be out in idaho telling people that i'm a great american patriot and i have my accent worked out uh i might be doing that or i might be somewhere in canada hunting moose by now uh or maybe i'm in central america hanging out wherever the boys from brazil really went to uh i might be somewhere else because I wouldn't want to be anywhere near this guy whether he's dead or alive (laughs) and I wouldn't want to be anywhere near the crosshairs of if this was a legitimate attempt to overthrow Vladimir Putin that was a whole weird reaction to it number one but number two I wouldn't want to be anywhere found on the planet I wouldn't even want to be seen on a surveillance camera at 7-Eleven if I was one of these guys anymore if I value you know the uh the, the 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 art of breathing because i would figure 
that, you know, I'm at least going to fall out a window and maybe I'll just disappear into somebody's dog food in China. Okay. I mean, that, that's what I figure would happen if I was one of these guys. And whether I'm the head or I'm a secretary or I'm just a notable name, because remember that one uh, oligarch there had like, you know, an honorable membership there with the Wagner group, right? He had his own set of fatigues and he could go out and play soldier, uh, even though he, again, was probably less of a soldier than the caterer slash chef was himself. Um, very weird dynamic emerging. What are we meant to take away from all this, and what significance do you think it'll have in the near future regarding this entire, well, it is a proxy war in my mind, but, you know, the, 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 the proxies are doing square dances, so I'm getting a little confused. What are we to take away from this regarding Wagner, and uh, what would you, how would you tie a bow on all of that, Pierce? Well, I would say that in the short term, in terms of what's going on in Ukraine, I think it's obviously going to be a major setback for Russia. Mm. Um, you know, this is, I mean, they, they essentially stopped fighting against Ukrainian forces and instead started, you know, claiming territory and eventually then marching into Russia and even claiming, you know, small towns and cities in Russia. So I think it's it's not good for them in that sense. Well, and according to the BBC, just really fast, according to the BBC, another article I'm going to share here. Uh, you know, it's, it's very fascinating. Oh, by the way, uh, Creative Accidents has sent me more articles that we could read into, but I'm not going to go there. But according to the BBC, there is something like 30 different drone attacks, some cases deep into Russian territory, some cases on the edge of Russian territory. And I don't mean the stuff they're claiming that was formerly part of Ukraine. I mean stuff that has long been understood to be Russian territory, they're claiming there's something like 30, 35 different drone attacks that have taken place all over the map. I, I know you've probably seen that, uh, and, and that's probably a minimalist uh, approach to what they're trying to say happened. Sounds like there's a lot of disruption to be had, but please continue, and that's got nothing to do with Wagner and what's happening with them in my mind, but is part of the equation here when we're talking about trying to control the narrative and what's really happening happening here, who the real bad guy is, et cetera, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, it's, so like I was saying, I, I, I think it, it's not going to be good for them in the short term or, or in the long term in that matter. I think it's just I think overall, and I don't think I'm saying anything that's like super, uh, you know, groundbreaking. But I, I, once again, it just it, it really to me, it shined a very serious light on uh, this this idea, you know, showing cracks in the facade that Putin is this master uh, 4D chess uh, individual who's fighting all these wars. And he's so smart and he's smarter than everybody else. He surrounded himself with a complete moron who had no skills beyond inflating his own sort of self-importance and this is what happened you know and 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 i think that the 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 uh, the the kind of the um comparisons with like some of the idiots that trump surrounds himself with mm -hmm. you know i mean imagine if trump had given eric prince more kind of freedom, you know, and you had uh, someone like Eric Prince who, who commanded more sort of control over his forces. Imagine what something like that could have happened. You know, imagine the, the you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, what was it, January 3rd uh, uh, uprising, right? Or January well, imagine, 6th, yeah. <laughs> or some, whatever, yeah. Imagine... You know, if it was Eric Prince was 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 being told to come in and, and help out and stuff like that. Mm. So I, I think it, it's you mean scary Eric Prince instead of Oath Keepers. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's wow. essentially right. Wow. I mean, but I mean, imagine if Oath Keepers was a much more sort of, uh, you know, cohesive and powerful organization. Right. Um, wow. And not, not to compare Oath Keepers with Wagner, but that is, you know, it's the, the comparisons are there and it's not that far off, especially when you look at like Trump as a sort of gangster like individual who surrounds himself with criminals. I mean, that is all Pergozin is. The thing that is shocking to me is also. These photos in the New York Post and other places, they obviously the it, this is not like they just discovered these pictures. These pictures have obviously been out there. Right. I assume Pergozin is probably sending them to all sorts of people. So they knew this guy was a dumbass, you know, and that this is what he's doing. He's dressing up like this and, you know, uh, pretending like he's some sort of super spy or something like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's laughable. Yet this was the guy. This was Putin's man. This was his, you know, this was the, the sort of model. Um, and in many ways, I mean, it, it is, Amazing the power that Wagner still commands. This guy Pergozin, I mean, this is, um, there was something RFERL reported this a few days ago that, um, Pergozin has registered, uh, some sort of real estate management firm in Belarus. Now, is this really him or is this someone on his behalf? Uh, you know, it's not, it's not like he's out there making, um, you know, he's talking about stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe he has been disappeared or, or killed, but, Think also, this guy marched into Russia with his massive military force, which apparently the Russians were kind of afraid of, okay? Mm. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, Putin didn't send uh, fighter jets to just blow him up. He wasn't sending troops to go defend the border. Uh, right. And then this guy goes and, and goes in and talks to Putin. Like they meet, like they, they have some sort of meeting and then, oh, he's, he's going to be in Belarus. And so, I mean, that also speaks to this guy, Pergozin might be a joke, but he's, there is a, I think there is a, a theory to be had that he is still powerful enough that even if he is under lock and key in Belarus, he's under lock and key. He's not being killed. He's not being taken out the back. Um, and they are still, they still want to utilize this group. Um, so it, I don't really know what to make of it, but I, to me, it seems like this is just a first example of, of, of what can happen when mm. you give unfettered power to private you know, military corporations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is just maybe this is a more extreme example of this where this guy went completely rogue and kind of like uh, off the rails. But it's not out of the question that I mean, this is again, this is a lot of what Wagner has accomplished is what Eric Prince and others like him are actively doing, mm. albeit with less publicity. But even I don't even think Eric Prince has reached the sort of levels where Wagner operates countries like the Central African Republic as a private fiefdom. See, that's the thing. I think that the only reason why this guy wasn't immediately like accidentally killed in the battlefield or whatever is because there was way too much unfinished business that he had become – 
far too great of an asset in way many other theaters. You know, the stuff that we're not reading about, exactly how important was he to have to have all these disguises to go to these different nations? He's involved in a lot of business here, and a lot of that stuff is key to, you know what, Russia operating under sanctions, right? These nations where they have control of a lot of things, a lot of their resources, a lot of their finance, uh, you know, real estate, whatever it is they got control of, whatever assets were handed over so these guys could do security work, etc. This is all sorts of cash that, you know, Putin could get after if every other international banking organization really did thoroughly turn on him. Remember, those stories have all gone away, right? They're not allowing this kind of financial thing. They shut down this. They've done that. What happened to the Russian economy? Well, it can still operate if there's a whole bunch of stuff outside of the rules and guardrails that are presented there. Right. So this guy might have been key financially, and that's why he still was allowed to breathe or allegedly continue to breathe. Maybe we don't have a conclusive answer as to what's happened to him because they don't want to shut down a whole bunch of unfinished business just yet. And somebody's going to have to bring that to a, a conclusion. So will it be him? Will it be one of his lieutenants? They probably have to sort that out because if Putin could take direct control of this, I think he would have already. And I think that's what it speaks to, is that something got large enough that he didn't have control of it anymore. And that is not part of his normal character. And especially at a time where he faced resistance in his special military operation, this is exactly the time he didn't need this. Now, I don't know how legitimate that, you know, marching on Moscow was because it turned around awfully quickly, even without a serious show of force to repel it. There wasn't even, you know, and people said, well, there wasn't enough troops. All of this stuff was so focused on Ukraine. They didn't have enough of a garrison to even handle this. That to me means that the guy could have accomplished it, you know, bad strategist or not. You know, he he could have done this and served everybody chicken wings by the end of the day. <laughs> right. You know, again, making jokes about him being a chef. But anyway, Pierce, look, I, I know I've kept you extra time tonight. Really appreciate you for doing this again. Shout out to Creative Accidents for yeah, yeah. organizing the uh, the very interesting wedding gift. We get, we ended up getting a, a dinosaur glasses because it was on your registry. Well, yeah, and I, I've been <laughs> drinking a beer out of the Triceratops glass. So, yes, yeah, big, big shout out to Creative Accidents for, uh, for organizing that. Absolutely. Thanks and a lot. big thanks to you, brother, for doing that. I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to get something to you uh wish i could have done more but you know times are tough i did send you another little separate package uh, some things that you do like uh maybe we'll get you something else soon because i have new hats uh also oh yeah which is going on at ocelli.com you can and and we do need your support at this time uh to get out another wave of thank you gifts nothing is for sale but we got thank you gifts for those that support us at the 50 dollars level or greater also if you want to sign up at patreon at 50 dollars same thing applies if uh, you want to just come through with a one-time donation all that stuff and i'll tell you something else i'm also throwing in if you don't already have one memberships at ocelli.com for a year along with your swag package so that's all happening but are you up to anything that you need to promote or are we just going to look to talk to you again in a couple weeks pierce uh 
I think that that's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah, but maybe we can, you know, like we said, we could talk a little bit about uh, Strange New Worlds, uh, Star Trek, which I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying a lot. I think right. this is a better season than uh, the previous one. And um, and I think there probably will be more developments with uh, Progozin and, and with the, the Wagner group. That, that, that story is still current. I mean, there's right. stuff happening almost every day related to that. And, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, We'll probably be able to return to that as well. Well, we can return to that in two weeks plus. I mean, look, I'm sure we'll still be able to talk about RFK Jr. by then. I want to get your take on that because that's mm. become an interesting uh, thing in the media as of late. <laughs> okay. Um, and you, you and I might have a different point of view if we get together on it for sure. Okay. Um, you also have that weird disappearance lady who uh, disappeared, and apparently that was all a fake. Uh, she is not the victim of a serial killer. But the no-label party is happening. I mean, are we looking at, uh, you know, multiple little Ross Perot clones going out there to try and disrupt the 2024 Biden-Trump rematch or Trump-Biden rematch? Mm. Uh, you know, what, what, what does your selection story look like? Who knows? Well, we got plenty of things we can get to. Strange New Worlds would be great. Uh, you may have convinced me to watch another series. We might talk a little bit of other media analysis and entertainment. Oh, we could talk movies, too. Because there has been an Indiana Jones, a movie about child trafficking, and of course Barbie <laughs> have all been released in the past. Yeah, I saw Indiana Jones. Um, you so did I talk on that. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. Uncle is dying for people to talk to him about it. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I would. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Hey, look, if you get a chance on Sunday night and you feel like surprising Uncle, call in and say, "Hey, I want to talk to you about the uh, Dial of Destiny, Uncle." I've decided <laughs> from listening to the description and not just Uncle's description, by the way, but from reading the synopsis and everything else, I don't think I want to see the movie. I, I, I think it's, I have... No, it, it, it's worth it. It's worth it's worth really? seeing. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not like, you know, the greatest thing ever, but uh, it's it's super enjoyable. It, it touches on a lot of the nostalgia. Mm, okay. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's funny. I also, I really like uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who was in it as well. I don't know. It uh, just sounded so bad, and it sounded like such a missed opportunity to do a whole lot of good things with it that I was like, uh, and Chris Graves clearly, uh, uh, kind of panned it in short order. Uh, so I was like, uh, and look, I don't usually listen to other people's reviews. I'm usually the guy who goes, everybody loves this. I don't want to see it. Everybody hates it. I want to go see it. I'm usually that kind of guy. Mm. And, uh, like I had really mixed feelings about clerks three. I don't know if you saw that, uh, you know, last year. I didn't know. Oh, uh, well, you know, clerks three, it's now a little more available than it was. And, uh, you know, so Kevin, Smith puts a cap on the Clerks universe, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and and does a very autobiographical thing there regarding his heart attack and all that um, through those characters. But I mean, I've got super mixed feelings about that, and I was a huge fan of the Kevin Smith universe and the Clerks franchise in particular. But anyway, we could get into all that and keep going for another two hours, but that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring Pierce Redman back in about, well, a week or two, something like that. We'll see what your schedule has. And in the meantime, you should call into Uncle's show on uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern if you want to surprise him and go over uh, go over some Indiana Jones. He'd be thrilled because I don't know if I'm going to get to a theater, but he already has. And Aaron's been there, too, but didn't say much about the movie, to be honest. Oh, with you. okay, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have yeah. to fix that. So, yeah, maybe you can get him talking. Anyway, guys, Porkins Policy Review, of course, and the great Pierce Redman. He's not producing a lot right now, but 
He has come back to be semi-regular here on the Ocelli Effect, and we are extremely grateful. So get involved. Hit the donate button at Ocelli.com and get in on the swag and all that stuff. Get your thank you gift, your hat from any show that is currently aired on the network is available upon request, plus random other things. Meanwhile, I am merely Ocelli, and all of you are indeed the... 